Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. However you may be listening, iHeartRadio or iTunes, YouTube, or through any of the podcast platforms, thank you for being here. Today, I'm going to be interviewing one of the best-kept secrets in the PM industry. Kyle Stevenson is the president and owner of KRS Holdings. Kyle started KRS in 2007. He's a NARPM member. He's been to broker owner in NARPM National, but he flies under the radar. Today, KRS manages over 1,300 single-family homes and 2,500 multifamily units in Virginia. So if you see Kyle at one of these events, he is an incredible wealth of knowledge. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Kyle. But before we get to Kyle, it's time for our hot topic. I almost did the lightning thing for the lightning round, but it's the hot topic time. And so today, I really want to talk about lease renewals. Had a passion for this at Empire when I was doing lease renewals. I've always found that lease renewals were one of the things that as we got busy with one of the things that kind of got stopped. And when I looked at our lease renewals, I realized that, holy crap, we had so many people that were not on a, uh, a current lease. They were, they were like month to month. And of course, we weren't charging them the month to month rate, which is even crazier. But lease renewals are important because they really protect your owner to get somebody on a contract. And what I have found is when I talk to a lot of investors that self-manage, one of the biggest differences between self-managers and professional managers are the lease renewals. Self-managers never renew the lease. It's like they're scared to talk to their to their residents. And so they have these residents that they never increase their lease. They're on this lease renewal that they you know had four years ago, and it's like completely outdated. And so we made a big push to make sure that all of our residents were on a lease renewal. And our KPI was actually 8% of our leases could be on a month-to-month, right? And there's reasons that you have a month-to-month lease. Maybe the resident is going to buy a house. They want to be month-to-month. Maybe the owner's moving back soon. They don't want to renew the full lease. They just they just want to do a month-to-month. So there's reasons, and that's why it was never 0% month-to-month. We had about 8%. And so one of the things that we did was we realized that a lot of the reason why a lot of people don't do lease renewals is because it could be a very tedious process, right? And so what we did is we created a policy to help streamline the process. And our policy really was we created a 2.5% increase in each lease when it got renewed. And so what we did was we said, okay, we know that over the, the, the last 15, 20 years of, of rent in Houston, where, we're, where we were, we knew that the average increase was about 2 to 2.5%. Two so we just built it in. Now, some years you win and some years you lose. Believe it or not, though, we had very, very little kickback on this from both the residents and, and our owners. But what does this do? Well, now I no longer have to run a CMA in every property and talk to an owner about what he should rent his property for. So I get away from all these owner conversations, and it allows me just to streamline my business. Right. It also gets away from owners that tell you, hey, man, I don't want you to increase the rent on my on my uh, residents because I'm fear of losing them. We know that a two to two and a half percent increase in rent is more of like a nuisance raise that does not create a move out. So, again, because of that, that because of our percentage, we were able to streamline the process, have residents not move out and have owners not kick back. Also, we sent a full lease. Highly recommend you send a full lease. Why? Because now your residents are on the latest version of the lease. If you send that one pager, it's uh, it's like, yeah, okay, we got this one pager, but now you just renewed an old outdated lease. And so some of our clients, you know, had these one pagers, but the lease is like completely old or you've made modifications. So you want to send that new lease every year. 
And then, of course, you know, I mean, Captain Obvious here, use DocuSign, use some kind of e-signature. We had PropertyWare. PropertyWare had a, a, uh, a DocuSign feature, e-DocuSign feature. So we just created a, a lease renewal template, which was the full lease, had a bunch of tags. We were able to send it right out of PropertyWare. So again, streamlining it, making it quicker. I recommend that you tie this in with your annual inspection. If they don't do the inspection, they don't get the lease renewal. They're not able to renew the lease. As a matter of fact, they get a letter of, they get a non-renewal notice. And I'll talk about, you know, what happens when residents don't want to, you know, don't do the annual inspection in another hot topic. Have a really high month-to-month rate to make the lease renewal very attractive. You can also charge both the owner uh, and the resident for the renewal of the lease. You can also offer to do something for free for the resident if they renew the lease by a specific date or just renew the lease. For example, at, at Empire, we would say if you renew the lease, you know, you, we charge you X fee, but you get something of equal value, whether that's a, you know, one room of carpet cleaning or it's a one pest control. We would do something or one, you know, yard cut or something like that. We would do something to entice them to sign the lease. Another way you can do it is you can have a, if you sign the lease by this date, then there's no charge. If you sign it by this date, then there's, you know, X charge. If you sign it by this date, then there's a Y charge, which is a much higher charge. So you can incentivize people to sign a lease renewal that way as well. We had a VA run all of our lease renewals. So this makes things way more cost effective, especially if you're a little bit bigger, you know, prop, you know, if you're, if you're a little bit bigger company, we had around a thousand doors. We had one person for a thousand doors, do all of our inspections, schedule the inspections and review them and do the, per, and do the lease renewals. And so the VA would create, create it, right? So creating the price was easy. It was just 2%. And then putting it in DocuSign was easy because all the data was right there. So you just had to extract it and then you send it out and the signatures go obviously resident and property manager. Now, if somebody escalated in any way, whether it was an owner or a resident, then that got escalated to the property manager. But think of this as like a 90, 10, even an 80, 20, like 90% of the inspections and and lease renewals would get done by the, the VA and the property manager had very little things to do. A quick, you know, a good timeline or an example timeline of this would be at 90 days out, you're asking the resident what their intent is. And as soon as you know that, you can let the owner know what the resident's intent is. At 90 days out, you schedule the inspection. It gives you plenty of time to get that inspection. 60 days out, you're sending the lease renewal. And then 30 days out, if they hadn't got the inspection done or send the lease renewal, you can send that non-renewal. And then, of course, once the lease is signed, send an email to the owner letting them know that uh, you got the lease signed and that and maybe you can even ask for a, a review. So that's my quick hot topic on lease renewals. Now we're going to hit a commercial break and then we're going to have my interview with, with Kyle. Thanks everybody. See you after the break. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. 
Well, welcome back, everybody. I appreciate you guys being here at the Northern Radio Podcast. So as promised, I have my good buddy, Kyle Stevenson here. Kyle, thank you so much for being on the Northern Radio Podcast. Thanks so much for inviting me. Really appreciate it. So I said in my intro that you're like one of like the rare finds. Like no one knows about you, but yet you are managing over 4,000 properties in the Richmond, Virginia area and surrounding areas. Can you give us the makeup of those properties? Single family, yes. multifamily? Yeah. So we, we manage approximately 1,500 single family homes, another 2,000 scattered sites. So they could be duplexes, they could be quads, they could be a 12 unit, but we define those as properties without community manager. And then we manage approximately, you know, the balance of those are going to be uh, what we call managed communities, and they will have an on-site community manager as well as on-site maintenance. And what software are you using to manage all these units? So we are a propertyware client and have uh, used propertyware for over 10 years. We've really enjoyed it. So you're the one guy still using it. Just kidding, real page. Uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a small booth at the uh, at the broker owner conference. I shouldn't say that. So you know, you and I, we we kind of um, we met actually a few years back, and then we kind of fell out of, of, of not seeing each other, and then we kind of reconnected at the Narpen Broker Owner. But uh, I actually don't know the story. So tell everybody here how you actually got started in this crazy business. So probably like a lot of property managers, I ended up many moons ago buying a duplex and had a love, a real big love for owning and understanding everything about, about real estate. And uh, over a number of years, and I learned all of the mistakes from the first property. I, I always joke, I um, did not have any subflooring in it. So literally you walked up, I, it was a duplex. The, the, the subflooring was on the first floor. On the second floor, there was no subflooring. So literally I'm walking around on joists and I say to the broker, I say, hey, I said, before I buy this, are we going to, are you guys going to put down subflooring? And he said, Kyle, he goes, don't, don't worry about the subflooring. He goes, tenants in this neighborhood they bring their own subflooring <laughs> and i and i was i was foolish enough to believe that okay so whatever 30 years later you know i just had a yearning a yearning to learn everything about real estate the mechanisms of operating it i was i'm an operations day-to-day -day grind type of guy and i absolutely just wanted to learn about the mechanics of it approximately 15 years ago. And I was working corporate America at the same time. And I guess about five, 15 years ago, I said, you know what? I, I believe I've been doing this long enough. I kept buying property. I'd like to be able to provide a service to others because I had been doing it for different types of assets for 15 years. And so that's when we opened up or hung a shingle. And then we continued to grow. We worked with, during the rough times, 2008, 2009, we worked with lenders. That's really how I got, you know, got to sharpen my teeth. We worked with lenders that were- REO properties. Uh, REO properties. Mm -hmm. And so we would, we would put ourselves out there as, you know, we will get the prop before they were REOs. We said, we can help these owners get current on their mortgages if you just give us a chance. And I was a pretty good salesperson. So we had lenders that said, all right, well, we'll put you in touch with our clients. And we got a lot of those mortgages back current. And then we grew from there. So that's, that's really how we got it going. And how'd you do that? Just had them rent them out? So, you know, in some cases, so this is pretty crazy stuff. So in some cases, you know, maybe the tenants were delinquent. So we had to evict them. And then sometimes we had to fix those, those, those apartments up or those homes up. And we would, we would, one of our claims in the beginning, I don't suggest this, but we said, Hey, 
you know, Mr. You know, lender, we're, we're going to put our money where our mouth is we'll fix the properties and, up yourself. and we're going to fix the properties up kind of on our own nickel. And then, so that was really risky. Right. But you know, I really, that's, that's a testament, right? I mean, I, you know, you're, you're putting your own money out on the line and anybody that's worked with, you know, banks, I mean, banks don't understand property management. So, I mean, they just want to make sure their notes get paid. They're in the, they're in the, you know, note collection business. Right. right. So, and so that's how we got our start. We actually would put our money where our mouth was and, and fix the properties up. And then when the revenue came in, we could pay down the bills. So I how have, crazy I is have, that? It is, that is, um, that is insane. And it's crazy. And what I actually did when I first started, no, not too many people know this, but the renter used to pay the owner directly. And then I would bill the owner for my management fee. <laughs> is that crazy? <laughs> that, that I, I actually think that's crazier. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask now, do you let your owners go negative and do you, you help them with major repairs now? Yeah, great question. So the, the world, you know, I, my, my business has evolved mm-hmm. and we may get into the lending business. So if someone needs money for a certain repair, we actually will still put our money where our mouth is. Still do. Um, and, and we will, but we sign now, a, there's, a, there's a note and that note would have a fee attached to it. Got it. And so we, there is no question that we, we lend out money to a percentage of our clients. And, um, and that, that's a profit center for us. So as yeah. long as we do the right thing and, and get a good tenant that's going to pay on a timely basis month after month after month. Right, that's kind of right. the pitch. Get your money back. All right. Got to get the money back. Yep. So at 4,000 plus units, you have many people that work in your company. What exactly is your company structure and has that, and how has it changed as you've been growing, as you've been growing the business? Yeah, great question. So we are a, we are, we believe in vertical specialties. I want our team. I want the individuals that make up our company to love what they do. And the thing that's so fascinating about property management is you have all of these different skill sets. You have the salespeople love to sell, Mm -hmm. but I would never have my salespeople for the most part do my accounting, right? Do my financial, <laughs> my, 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 my financial reporting. That would be silly, right? So we, we have always believed in vertical. So our salespeople sell, 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 sell. Our accounting people are rock stars. They want to work to become CPAs or they are CPAs. We have our maintenance individuals that, you know, I always kind of joke around, you know, the, the mechanic that wants, you know, you just want your car fixed, but the mechanic wants to tell you what they did step-by-step to fix it. So we want those people, right? And then we have our day-to-day operations individuals that there are resident relations specialists that can develop relationships with our residents. And then our client relations specialists that want to make sure that we have good, strong relationships with our clients, with our, with our owners. So were you set up that way from, from day one? Because I know in my experience, we ended up at Empire, we ended up kind of very similar to, to you. We actually even called them experts. So it's kind of interesting that you use that, that terminology. Uh, but it didn't start that way for us because just it, per, to be perfectly honest, financials, right? Financially, I couldn't afford all those people. So as you were growing your business, did, it, did you start it like portfolio based and then move this? Or did, did you figure out this like pretty early on? You just had an expert, maybe they had three experts and now they only have one. So how'd that work? Great question. So we, we decided early on that we wanted vertical specialists. And one of the reasons is I, you know, my background prior to this, I was in, I was in uh, medical device sales and I looked at the way specialists, different specialists, doctors were doctors. Yes. Mm -hmm. Doctors. I'm sorry. Doctors and surgeons what they were really good at. And it was pretty doggone focused. And then, um, so I said, you know, I kind of want my business to look the way that the healthcare systems looked like, because that was what I understood and what I knew. Now, admittedly, 
Um, what happens is you maybe, I would say you get specialties and subspecialties. So, you know, in the beginning I had one financial person to handle everything, right? Then it blossomed to an account, accounts receivable specialist and accounts payable specialist, you know, a, uh, financial uh, reporting specialist. Right. So that's, that's really, so, you know, when we started off, it was owner, you know, owner slash resident relations, and then you, you split that off, but it is very difficult to start off that way. If you don't have a tremendous amount of liquidity, because you, you know, you have these fixed costs that just can gobble you up a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, so the, the first few years, admittedly it was it was somewhat uncomfortable at times (laughs) (laughs) so uh so how how many team members do you have now like at four thousand units right so we have approximately 80 80 team members split out with uh you know what i would call maintenance is about 50 percent and then and then the balance are uh either community managers or resident relations specialists or an operations manager or client relations specialist and you know i i i love to try to interact with with every single individual so i i really do enjoy the business and and our our team so I, I heard you say maintenance. Did not I've known you for years, did not know. Do you actually have your own maintenance company or do you just have a maintenance department that handles just your just just your property management? Yeah, great great question. So we have so we have floating maintenance technicians that handle our single families, our scattered site, and that is one specific department. We don't we don't do third party work. We just do work for our, for, for your our own, clients your own, your for, portfolios for, for our own. And then, and then we have community technicians and only work on specific communities. The, the thing sense. I love about having in-house maintenance is that you can be, well, you have a little bit more control over over problems. I'm not saying we can fix everything with that in-house staff, but it just allows you to be a little bit more reactive than if you're, you're wholeheartedly dependent upon third parties. So that's, that's one of the reasons we do that. Nice. Are you able to get things done a little cheaper with in-house for your clients? And have you ever lost any business because of your maintenance? Because one of the things that we, we tried this and we actually lost business because of our maintenance. Cause like, Oh, well it's, you know, it's empire. I'm like, well, the manager has nothing to do with with our maintenance, but I guess it does. And so we've lost a few clients that way. Did you ever run that, run into that maybe early on? Yeah. So an interesting question. I don't think so because we, we encourage people if they feel a little uncomfortable with pricing, we really would like, and, and we will provide them, you know, a list, you know, specifically, let's say HVAC, right? Well, you know, someone will say, well, shoot, it costs you a certain amount to, you know, replace a system, you know, generally speaking, we're competitive and we, we would encourage people to, you know, test, test the market because our, our goal is to be able to provide you competitive pricing. So we think we're, we're, we're better than market. One of the things that, that we preach and that I'll preach is I use my own maintenance department. And there are times where I, this is one of the the comments I will make. It doesn't matter what the dollar amount is for a repair. It's too much money. I mean, (laughs) and and any, right. It doesn't, I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is. And I let people know, I don't like my maintenance charges either. I don't. And I think, I think we're competitive, but man, I don't care if it were $40 to replace a lock or $60 or hundred bucks, any of those numbers feels like too much because it's pulling out of my bottom line. So that's, right, right. that's we, funny. we, we get it. But I, but I, to make that comment, are there people that say, Hey, the maintenance is too much money. Absolutely. Always. People would say that all the time. Well, because the property management, right? Right. Because, because a wax ring, if I go for a wax <laughs> ring for a toilet, right. I go to Lowe's and it's just call it five bucks and somebody charges you $95 or 120 bucks. You're like, Oh my goodness. But the wax ring was only $5, but yeah, I, 
I get it, but you know, we had to pay this insurance and then there's fuel that goes in the truck and we had to pay and for the, the truck guy, and, and the plumber and yeah. Yeah. And, and the other part, which is really hard to appreciate or internalize is when somebody goes out to bioactoring, right? They don't need to make sure that that invoice gets uploaded into something and gets billed. And then right. you got to explain it to the owner and none of that. You do when you go buy a wax ring at Lowe's and put it in yourself. <laughs> you don't do any of that. Right, right. So, so it's really hard to sometimes understand why things cost money. I get it. I, I live it. I own property. Hate the maintenance side. It's always <laughs> too expensive. All right. So are you still growing your business aggressively? How many properties are you bringing on board each month? And what about offboarding? And as a high growth company... What are you doing to ensure at a high level of customer service? I know there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I guess the first question is, are you growing the business aggressively still? We are. And, you know, we, 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 we love it. I'll, I'll admit we're, we're focused a little bit more on the single family side than the multis and the communities. And the, and the, the reason is there are, there's less hair on a single family home than on a multifamily or a managed community, the way that we like to manage them. And because we, we like to provide a little bit of an asset management approach as well. And there's just less hair on a single family home. So that's what we, we like to focus on for our third parties. And uh, as far as growth, you know, a, a, a strong month could be 40 portfolios. And we, and of those, maybe 30 or new relationships. So we try to manage new relationships versus referrals or additions. And, and then like a low month could be, you know, 20 okay. new relationships. That's what we kind of like to, to, to look for. But specifically, we really, our big thing is creating new positive relationships. And how many, I mean, how many are you offboarding these days? Is, are you seeing a big sell-off happening in Richmond? Like, like uh, we are here in Texas? Yeah, great question. This year has been substantially slower than the past two years. However, um, and we, we you can give us a 90-day notice. We, we're going to see a spike in July for whatever reason. And then it seems like it settles off in August, but we kind of know what our business is going to look like over the next 90 days. You know, our attrition, one of the, the metrics that we use, and we'll talk about this, is, is what our net growth is or net relationship growth is. And, you know, if that's, you know, 15, we think that's a, that's a, that's a, a good number, a good combination number. That's, okay. that's what we, we, we look to be around. So when you're bringing on that many properties, because we all know in property management, the, the, those first 90 days of a pro, of a of a new onboard it, it's it's obviously super important but man it's a lot it's a lot of work right bring on new properties yeah. so as you bring on these new properties 20 a month 25 a month 30 a month how are you keeping that customer service level high great, great question so bec and because we have these verticals we have to make sure that they're good transition so our salespeople our salespeople have to make sure that they transition well to our relationship managers. And so we will, we have someone offsite, we use a virtual assistant to actually do a lot of the administrative onboarding. And um, uh, so enter the property in the system, gather documents, things of that nature. That's right. That's right. Make sure that the documents are clean. Try to understand the the lease. I think that's critical if there's a lease to make sure that we understand what that non-KRS lease looks like so that we can manage that lease accordingly, you know, over the over the the, the, the length and make sure that we can get them onto a KRS lease. Do you uh, try to put them on a KRS lease if they have a current lease in place? No, no, no. I mean, if it's a month to month, yeah, but if, if it's not, no, we, we just, we just let, we let it roll and we, and, and so that's, that's why it's so important for us to make sure we have that information loaded into our, into our software solution, you know, uh, correctly, because it's, it's going to be different. You need someone who can critically think through that. And then what we found, it's interesting is that 
while we provide owner packets. Yeah, do they read them? Yeah, they get, so so while we provide that owner, <laughs> right? They they don't right. No, nobody reads them or internalizes them. And the other part is like anything, if you have nothing to apply it to, meaning if I tell you how to look up your P and L, but you don't have one yet, it really means nothing to you. So the goal is really at around that 90 day mark to get them on a call, but get Brilliant. 30 minutes of their life to get them on that freaking portal, excuse my language <laughs> and get them, get them engaged. So that's what I So would it's almost say. like a training, like 90 days you do, then you do kind of like a training. Here's we, how you we, get yes. your report. Here's what the payment looks like. Things that and let's look at it. Cause now I have data in the portal that means something. Now I'm making it sound easy. We get blown off all the time mm -hmm. where as long as they're getting checks, they don't really care. The challenge is, is then when something goes sideways, they'll say, well, you didn't communicate correctly with me. So it's very, you know, we really try to engage them you know, after around day 90 to make sure, because we have stuff to talk about. We got rents coming in. They got to be, you know, maybe one work order, something. So we can say, hey, this is what the work order looks like. This is how you can see the invoice. This is what, you know, we, we provide a monthly, what we call a monthly uh, P&L, you know, so this is what the monthly P&L looks like. We use a cash basis. This is why we use a cash basis for you, that type of thing. Yeah, that's, that was one of the biggest challenges at both Empire and Mind were the number of owners calling when they got their distribution in their report. So it's a metric also that we measure. So it's funny that you bring that up because we go and we go, all right, out of these financials, how many, how many calls did we get in the first 24 hours in the fourth, in the first 48 hours? And so we, we do measure that because that also confirms, Hey, are we doing a good job communicating? Cause the big, the biggest thing, right. Is that maintenance? Hey, wait a minute here. I don't remember uh, you know, this repair, you know, on blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's, we want to make sure that we're having good outcomes through the month and the way to measure that also are the amount of emails and the amount of phone calls you get the time that you do your disbursements and your, your monthly financials. Man, I know we're going to go off on a little tangent here, but I tried to solve this at empire. This was like the big, like challenge I could never solve. We literally did, when we send out our, our, our reporting, we literally had videos that talked about the reporting. When every maintenance request went out, we would send an email during the month about, hey, expect, you know, expect a charge on your, on your report. And man, I would never get that number down. We got so many calls every time it went out. It was crazy. Then I actually even had my team review every every report that went out and reach out to the owners where the reports looked a little messy you know so i i did not solve that so um what ha, have you been able to solve some of these i mean you know we we are you know our goal right now with what we got is that we 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 don't want to exceed 30 emails within the first 24 hours that's kind of our goal right now with what we got and that means we've done a good job I will say I fell, I shouldn't say I fell in love with some guy at, at broker <laughs> owner. Cause that, that, that doesn't sound right. But anyway, I'm going um, to cut that one little piece right there. Yeah, you go. You're like, yeah, you're like, whoops. Um, so there was a guy from Florida that had this maintenance packet that he said he's sending out on every one of his, every one of the work orders. And he showed it. It was pretty cool. It was like, uh, um, it was the work order, what they did to uh, fix to chances. assess to oh. assess the problem. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Then what they did to solve the problem. Okay, the invoice. So it was the work order with this information, the invoice, and then they did Photos a, and addressing. then before and after pics. And then they did a, they called it the seven point like free thing that they did with the, with the work order. So it was like when they were out there, 
they would check the smoke detector, they would change the air filter, they would take pictures of exterior, they take a pictures of housekeeping, and they called that I forgot what it is, but it's like the seven point. It was like this like a little marketing, basically a little marketing packet. Yeah, and it was kind of like when you go get your oil filter changed, and they go, "Hey, this is what we do with your with your you know," and so yeah, that maybe you feel like you're getting something for free you know, or at least some extra value as the client. So I thought that was a great idea. And so we're going to look to implement that. That's one of the, the things, company. but if you have your internal maintenance team, you can, you can implement that much more easily than somebody like me who's using only third-party maintenance. Uh, you're right. Right. You're right. You're right. Yep. You can do it though. If you have good, good, strong connections with your, with, with a couple of maintenance companies that when they go out there, you can easily, you know, implement that. And maybe, maybe it's a little bit of an extra charge, but you know, but it, you you have more control when you have your own. Yeah, more team. control. I like that, and that's a great KPI, man. Number of calls due to financials. I never thought to track that. I tracked the. I didn't call it a KPI. Well, I, I tracked it though. Like I, I knew that's I what it a, is. I don't yeah. call it a KPI. I just hey, yeah. what do we? And I, but I'll go over. I'll say, hey, where where are we right now? And so yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, lately, I've been fascinated by marketing. You know, now that I started my own new my new business, v VPM Solutions, I'm like, of course, now like marketing is is kind of lifeblood. So tell me a little bit about your marketing strategies on how you got all these doors without giving up too much of your secret sauce. And then, if one of our listeners wanted to grow their business, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? Well, I think, you know, we we started our business again going to like a broker owner. Gosh, it may, it may have been with you at one point, but we talked about, you know, we use some paid lead sources. And so that was good for us for a number of years, like a, you know, an all property management, you know, mm -hmm. product, or there's like manage my leads or something, but so basically paid lead services. So we, we use that for a while. Admittedly, our close ratio on that isn't great right now, but we still will, will, will use that we're probably one of the few firms, even though it's, it, it's a high acquisition dollar number, we, we still use direct mail. And so we're, we're a direct mail company and, you know, people will see our direct mails again. It's a, it's a, it's a high lead call or it's a, yeah, it's a high. I'm, I'm guessing direct mail to out of state owners. Like you're not sending it to the property, right? Cause their renters probably there. So you correct. Like Correct. So it's, it's, yeah, it's your absentee owners yeah. and it could be out of state or it could be in less state. And you know, less really coming in. So less and less money right. comes in. So they start looking at it. Yeah. So, so we do that and, you know, we just, you know, it's, and then it's just, uh, you know, SEO work. So it's nothing fancy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of public speaking now because some of the things I talk about people seem to be interested in. So, so I'm doing a little bit of public speaking right now. And I think it's just really working also with your existing clients, getting referrals, make sure that people love you um, and just doing it every single day. And that that's, that's how you get to 4,000 units. It's not, it is really blocking and tackling. I'm not that great at it. I probably you, just kind of grind at it. Do you have a marketing team over there or do you outsource marketing or how, how do you go about getting the marketing done? Yeah. So it's funny. So, so we now, I mean, we, we have a gentleman who helps us in-house. He's an employee. He's been great. He's been with me for three years. He understands the, he understands what we're trying to achieve. Um, so um, we've been very pleased with, with that. Now he may work with uh, contractors and, and, and then, and then try to assess people who help us out with SEO or sure. website development, that type of stuff. Got it. But he's, he's kind of like your, he's my point person. He's your point person. And he, and he yeah. yeah, he's my point person. Okay. So you have, you obviously have a nice size staff with 80 people there, 80 team members. Can you talk a little bit about your hiring process? I know you talked to making sure you got the right people. So how do you go about right. doing that? Huh. So it's interesting. I, I want to say, you know, I had the pre-pandemic and the post-pandemic interviewing process. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we want rock stars. I, I, you know, I think so. So right now, again, we're in a different spot than a lot of other people. I have an HR person that we will do in, in a phone interview with first. So we ask structured, scorable questions and 
we'll then on 100% of our individuals, we have them now do a disc. So it's really kind of what, you know, what this and how this individual may be potentially wired. And so, so if they, if we're pleased with the disc results and we're pleased with the phone interview, they're going to then interview with the, their, the potential supervisor. And then with, with the exception of maintenance technicians, the final interview is going to be with me. And I am, I still, I interview everyone. I stopped for a while and then I was like, you know, I want to make sure this is a good cultural fit. And the person that understands the culture better than anybody else is going to be me. So I will tell you, it's probably three to, it's a legitimate three hours a week for me to interview people. But I find it, it, it keeps me connected at the I guess, level. Right? It really does. It keeps me connected. Thanks for yeah. helping me kind of yeah. verbalize that, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about anything from, gosh, you know, one of my favorite questions is, you know, what's the one skill set? that is holding you back, you know, that you wish you could do better, that is holding you back from being more successful. And then, you know, you just kind of, you, you know, you can, you, you got to answer that. Honestly, I go, don't, I go, if you, if you, and I'll, I'll just say, if you, if you like tell me that you need to be a perfectionist or something, we're just going to end the interview. Like, I just, I don't want to hear that. Right. <laughs> so I'll be like, that's, and I'll, yeah, I'll just say that's that, that, that'll be bad, you know? So, <laughs> so, that's really the process. I'm sure, you get the, some, I'm sure you get some interesting answers, huh? Oh man. I, so I asked that one now. Now I don't know if my HR person gets excited about the other one usually, which is pretty intense is what is, you know, what experience did you have in your life that you regret or that was one of the biggest failures in your life and how have you overcome it? Like what was the gut punch? Right. in your life that you've had to overcome and that 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 that's deep right that yeah. that could i mean there, there there could be some demons that just start to come out some tears, like in the, some in the tears inter- start coming oh, out oh yeah. i got i have i have right right now i got a it's funny i'm reaching over i, <laughs> yeah. it, I got an i got an empty tissue box because <laughs> we 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 get after it right i mean those are pretty deep yeah that's a deep one Sure. Yeah, that's a deep one. So the, and then for maintenance, we 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 score people out. You know, we we score them out on what they, you know, what can they do, what can they not do. If a toilet is you know not flushing, what could it be? Right. I mean, so we have these. Yeah. So so we we definitely believe in scorable tests. Nice. So I appreciate all the time you have for for uh, for us today, and lots of learnings. And so if, if you're listening to this, there, there's lots of learnings here. You know, that you can lots of takeaways. So I want to ask you this last question before we go to commercial break, and then we go to the the lightning round. What do you attribute your success to? So I, it's again, it's not anything complicated. I love what I do, and I would do it for free. I I love property management. I love the sales side more than than anything. Meaning, you know, getting management agreements working with owners that, that, that we, we do have on board and, and helping them understand how to make their properties better. Um, I love it. And I think that that's the key to, key to success because there are going to be some times that are really dark and a lot of people haven't experienced that yet, but at some point it will happen again. It'll get really dark. And if you don't love it, I just don't, I don't, I don't know if you make it through to the other side. So that that's really been the key, just just doing what I love every single day. It doesn't feel like work to me. And so that that what I say, that's a, that's the key to my success, just just really finding my passion and then just being able to just do it all the time. Do you think that when you do your hiring process that you're trying to find people that love what they what they do? 
thus the whole disc and then creating the culture and all that stuff. So you, you have a bunch of Kyles literally running around where they, they all like you have this passion and the love for, for what it is that they do as well. Yes. Hands down. And, and, and I let people know, I mean, I go, if you're, you know, one of the comments we'll say is if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a job, that's not what this is. If you're looking to come to work, I go, it's, it is work. I go, but you got to love it. Then this is a great place. I go and, and, and just don't, don't take this. If you're just looking for a job, I go, this is a bet. It's a bad idea. Cause we will, we'll figure it out. I go, it, it takes a few months, but we'll figure that out. I go, you gotta love to work at whatever it is that you love. Nice. I go, but if it's just a job, bad, bad idea. All right. We're going to pause real quick for a commercial break. We'll be right back, everybody. Stay tuned for the lightning round. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S dot com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program. Starting at just $5 per door, you can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches and the debate over who pays for pest control, while Pest Share turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. Welcome back, everybody. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round? Uh, ready to roll. A little, little nervous, I'm sure. Could be the biggest challenge of your day for you. <laughs> what is one accomplishment or something? Hey, Pete. Yeah. Pete, li lightning is nothing. I have bullets getting shot at me all day long, man. <laughs> li li lightning is nothing. Oh, too funny. What is one accomplishment or something unique about you that most people don't know? I, I get to coach as a hobby. I get to coach high school football. Absolutely oh, love it. That is neat. I did not know yeah. that. What do you prefer, Marvel or DC? DC. DC, Okay. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? Ooh. Stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. I like that one. I thought I stumped you. I thought the bullets had nothing on my lightning. <laughs> Does pineapple no. belong on pizza? <sighs> no. <laughs> Pepperoni. Pepperoni. What book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your life? Ooh, I love to read. So, so right now I'm actually looking at a book. Um, it's called uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth. Pretty good book. Another book 
love the E Myth Revisited. Oh, that's a good. That's book. Shame, that's, book. that's that's a really good book. So that's if a you're starting off in classic, pro- yeah, yeah, the Rockefeller Habits. I, I I could just start spitting them out for you. So yeah, there was three. Those three. Okay. All right. Other than the Narpham Radio podcast, is there another podcast that you recommend? You're a podcast listener. You know what? I'm I'm not a monster podcast person, but I'm getting into it now. So I mean, you know, the TED Talks are those podcasts. Yeah, good enough for now. Good enough for the good enough for now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bulls. It's just lightning. There we go. Do you have a business coach, or have you had a business coach in the past? Yes. You want me to expand on that, or just uh, no? You can if you want. Yeah. So, so this is interesting, right? So I had a business coach when I first got going, who was absolutely incredible in helping me understand who I was and what my biggest fears were and how to overcome them. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, it, and I had that coach for 10 years. Pete. Now, he died oh. and, and he, and, and so like for, and I was pretty devastated and cause he really helped me to overcome some pretty heavy duty things. And then I got another business coach who it just happens that he's really good at helping me develop the people around me. So the one guy helped me to develop myself Yep. This other guy's helping me to develop the people around me. So I've been very fortunate and I highly recommend them. It's great. Yeah. But I highly recommend a business coach. Yeah. Are you a dog guy or a cat guy? Dog. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I go from, uh, you know, these intense questions to dogs or cats, right? So Kyle, if, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? Best way is email. K Stevenson at krsholdings.com, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N. So K Stevenson at krsholdings.com. And I, I have someone who also kind of scans my emails to just help so that I can respond. Yeah. So so that's that's the best way to reach me because I have I have some support and I don't I don't miss things or shouldn't miss things. Got it. Well, uh, and if you want to join NARPM, go to N-A-R-P-M, NARPM.org. Or you can call them at 800-782-3452. And if you are looking for a virtual team member, I noticed that Kyle uses them. You can go to vpmsolutions.com, VPM, like virtual property management, vpmsolutions.com. Thanks, everybody. Great show. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.